Hey guys, Buddy here with W Hunting Supply. I wanted to give a quick little intro here. We normally don't do commercials or anything on this podcast, but uh, we wanted to let you guys know about a giveaway we're doing July 5th through July 18th. If you can give us a review on our podcast, Apple, I don't know where else you give reviews, but find that place where you give a review on the podcast, Marvel phone, whatever, and send us a screenshot of that review so that we can enter you in for a chance to win a sweatshirt. The cool thing about the sweatshirt is, is if you don't know, we're already doing a, a larger giveaway. We're going to give away a hunt, a lynx hunt or a bear hunt by buying any kind of t-shirt item, any kind of sweatshirt item, or any kind of hat item on dusupply.com. Enters you in for one chance to win a lynx hunt in Canada, BC, or uh, you, if you choose to select the bear hunt in Canada, you can bring your own dogs or you don't need to have your dogs. You can, you can come without dogs. Um, and, and so that's one thing that's going on W Hunt Spike. The podcast giveaway, the sweatshirt item, will definitely enter you in for a chance on the hunt as well. So if you win the podcast giveaway and you win this cool sweatshirt we're going to give away, you're uh, you're automatically entered in for the uh, big giveaway. So good luck. You choose that Lynx hunt. I normally go in November. You're welcome to go with me. Um, and that'll be sometime in November as long as the Canadian border opens up. If the Canadian border does not open up, we're just going to push that out a year. So you're still going to win the hunt, but we just got to wait for that border to open up. If it doesn't open up in time, we'll just do it next year. All right, guys. Hope you're enjoying this podcast. We'll get back to it. Paper, rock, scissors. You lost. I always lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got an extra face on here. We've got Ross. Is it Elwanger? Is that how you pronounce it? That's correct. Yep. See, I'm pretty good. I usually I botch it all up. <laughs> and then we've got Jared Moss with us from Best Gun Dogs. And uh, what we wanted to do was get both of you on here because you're both trainers. And this is like a, a roundtable conversation. You know, let's talk about some topics and, and get some different perspectives. So or you said stick with consistency here. Right, buddy? Be consistent, Jason. Be consistent. That's, that's my, you need to be consistent. So I keep trying every day at work. (laughs) Just punch in, punch out. Consistent. (laughs) But, Uh, you know, it's a little different. um, See, I've learned consistency in the dogs, consistency in the kids, and consistency in the employees. Like, (laughs) I just expect consistency. That's what I want in my life. All around. Good good luck with that. (laughs) So, Jared, you're out of Utah, but Ross, where are you out of? Uh, North Central Wisconsin. It's a little different country. God's country. Yep. <laughs> it's funny. That's what we call down here too. <laughs> but today we want to talk about the consistency when you're working with dogs and being consistent and the value that that holds in the, I don't know, the, the miscommunications and the breakdown between us and our dogs. How can we deliver our messages consistently to receive consistent results? You know, building that push button you show up you go to work you go home kind of deal yeah um so before we get into that ross give us a little bit of background what you hunt what dogs you you have so we kind of have a a good idea so i'm about the the opposite of jared whereas i i grew up chasing hounds i was born into it my family's my family's been breeding blue ticks for about 40 years um uh, we run bears july through middle or uh middle of october when our kill season ends and then in the winter chasing bobcats and and coyotes and i've made several trips out west um but then about nine years ago i got a bird dog and 
got that dog. I just wanted it to be a family dog that I took hunting every once in a while. And what I should have realized is my personality doesn't really work like that. And I, I kind of got started in the training and I'm pretty fortunate in my area here. There's a lot of big time trainers and I, I spent a lot of time learning about the process and was just intrigued with it. And, um, now I got to, it, it is interesting. Like I'm kind of the same boat. I'm, I'm at like ground zero with like a seven month Brittany pup, but it is, it is, it's intriguing coming from training hounds and then getting this bird dog. And it's like, it's just such a whole different bottle of potion. It's like, what in the hell is this thing? Well, and in Britain, the bird dog world, there's, I don't know, Jared might know better. I mean, there's gotta be at least 10, 10 different well-known methods. Um, you know, basically you're at a, you're at a stop sign and there's eight or 10 different ways you can go. Um, but in the end, they all, they all lead to the same spot. So they're, you know, there's the way I do stuff is probably not the way Jared does stuff is probably not the way the next guy does stuff. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to hang out with, uh, quite a few trainers that do things differently. So I've kind of cherry picked stuff that I like from one method to the next and found kind of what works for me. Yeah, this kind of sounds like the hound world, <laughs> to be honest with you. There's everybody's, everybody's got their own, you know, way of doing things sometimes, and yep. and we've been, you know, that's honestly why, um, I've been cautious to like, be real assertive with W because it's like, man, the dog is different to somebody than it is to a different customer, and the expectations around a dog is just so wide. It's like, man, I don't want to be pigeonholed to this is the way you know what i mean like this is the way that a dog is like man it's, it's totally different and some people use dogs differently and and so that's why i wanted to have both of you guys here is because coming from wisconsin number one um wisconsin's a huge state for us we I mean, we go to you guys bear convention and all that good stuff yeah. and so that part of it is is intriguing so awesome welcome ross uh cool so jared anything before we start or we we have started? No, I think we're ready to rock and roll. You don't you don't want to like tell Ross he's wrong think, already? No, <laughs> put you guys against no, each I, other. Like in I this corner, Ro we have Ross. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Ross is exactly right. I think the end goal is to have a dog at a certain level of training, mm -hmm. whether that's in an AKC event or an American Field event or whatever. You know, if you want to be a master hunter, there's probably ten different ways to make master hunter dogs. But um, I think at the end of the day, we can all appreciate good dog work and respect yeah. that it takes a lot of consistency, a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort. And, man, there's there's 10 different ways to skin a cat, but you, we all kind of want the same thing at the end. Yeah. My way comes with a bunch of holes in it, and you got to sew them up afterwards. I mean, when you skin a cat, you learn it's like, man, I, I do it wrong the first time and the second time and maybe even the third. But. <laughs> So Ross, talk about consistency, um, and then touching on on both the the bird dog side and you know wh what do you consider about consistency whenever you're training a dog? If there's somebody new here, if that's if if I'm if I'm painting a an audience now, there's going to be people who who have plenty of I mean, there's going to be people who are like they know what they're doing. They're not up for listening. That's not who this this podcast is for. This is for somebody new that's like we want them to reflect and think a little deeper about how they do with a dog. Um, and so 
when you're thinking about that, talk to like a, a new person or somebody who's really open to try to reflect on how they handle a dog. Sure. Well, uh, first off, you know, I think dogs are, you know, kind of contextual by nature. I mean, how many, how many, um, mornings does it take you getting up at four o'clock and loading the dogs at four thirty and, and taking them hunting before you don't need an alarm clock anymore because the dogs are waking you up at four thirty because they know it's time to go hunting. And, yeah. and that, that, that's the same thing with training. Um, you know, I think one thing trainers struggle with, not necessarily talking about myself cause I'm kind of a, a small operation when it comes to that, but I'm sure Jared sees it all the time. He gets a dog in for training and, you know, he's got the dog doing one thing. It's performing perfectly. What, you know, whether it be retrieve or pointing, whatever, and the dog goes home and the owner gets it and it's not doing the same thing. Well, yeah, we just covered a podcast about literally. that, Jared, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> this never yeah. happened. Jared has it. Uh, happens every day. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you, you can probably look right back to the consistency that Jared has with that dog when it's on, you know, when it's at his place that, uh, that, that dog's in a program and then that dog gets home and it loses that consistency. And I mean, it's no different than your kids. You know, if you don't tell them to brush your teeth every night, you think they're just going to keep going in there and brushing their teeth every night. I mean, we'd all like to think so, but I know mine would probably be like, well, shit, he hasn't asked me to brush my teeth. So I'm just going to ditch it, you know, and dogs yeah. no different. Um, and it's same thing with hounds, you know, I mean, they, um, if you, if you start breaking your dog off of a coyote, for instance, and then all of a sudden one day you decide, well, I'm going to let that dog run a, run a coyote today. His mind's going to be spinning and um, he might be all for it, but um, inside, you know, you just created a lot of confusion for that dog. Yeah. That's one of the things, um, like in Wisconsin, you guys run coyotes and bears. Um, yeah. So how does that, when, you know, and I, Man, I had to, so, so for me personally, I had to start breaking off of different things. I used to do uh, bears. I did some timber, you know, permits on, on bears. So I'd run bears and, and cats and coons with my dogs. But then the problem was, is they ran coyotes and deer and whatever. And so I'm not saying there aren't people that can't do that. Mm-hmm. I was not one of them. And, and especially early on, I was not a consistent enough hunter that, that it was like it was a free-for-all whenever i turned loose like my dogs did not get the memo <laughs> there was like coyotes are no good deer are no good elk are no good but bears are but, good you know but so everything I just had, else <laughs> it, it was like man so when i started getting consistently ruling on just cats you know and, and specific for me is bobcats that changed my program for me at least yeah. that i was more successful at breaking off of everything else that I didn't want to run. And, uh, and again, I'm not saying there aren't guys that can, can do cats and bears. I was just not yep. one of them. You know what I mean? Like for me, I just, I, I was not a good enough trainer to do that. Well, for us, it's a, it's a little different situation because we're running bears in the summer, early fall from July till September. And then we're running coyotes in the winter, generally when there's snow. And I think a smart, a smart dog, a dog that gets hunted a lot, it knows the difference. Like it knows in the summer, you're turning it out on a, at a bear bait, we're bear hunting. Um, then in the winter, there's snow, obviously there's no, you know, the bears are denned up in the winter, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, I think dogs, dogs do know what they're supposed to do, but to teach a dog 
to to know what it's supposed to do based off of just what season it is that that's I, I mean there's really no way you can do that um you know but a, a dog's just got to kind of figure that out on its own but where, where we run into problems is guys that run the same dogs on coyotes and bobcats so i i really like to chase bobcats so my dogs are broken coyotes because there is coyotes everywhere i mean they're gonna run into a hot coyote anymore 10 years ago it wasn't quite as bad but but now if you turn them out on a bobcat they're going to have the opportunity to bump a hot coyote if they want to um so i i think that's how guys can get away with you know running bears and and coyotes with the same dogs i mean will you get a coyote chase in the summer yeah but generally they don't run them very well in the summer here um and we've got enough bears and and stuff that they for the most part they stick to bears especially a you know a more experienced dog yeah so so circling back on that i think um you know just playing in my head you know if if i were to tackle my my problem that i had early on you know which you know number one i was a, a green hunter i didn't know enough i didn't have enough confidence i mean there was just a ton that i was doing wrong and that's probably one of them was i was not consistent enough i i just couldn't catch a cat anyways to save my life so i was like well you just drive around the woods and you know catch whatever you could because that's all you had right but you know, but um not being consistent to show them success probably yeah. just compounded my problem and and made me where i just couldn't you know what i mean couldn't get away with it so so narrowing my you know my answer was is to narrow down my chases to only cats and then we'd yep. still get our asses kicked. You know, we couldn't catch them, but at least we were consistently working on a cat and not catching it rather than not catching a cat, not catching a bear, not catching a, you know, we were just catching a bunch right of not up. shit, you know? So, so I was able to label it down to like, Hey, at least keep trying on the cat. And then they naturally got better, you know, with, with practice or whatever. I don't know what, what entirely it was, but, but you didn't have the luxury of having separate seasons basically. Correct. No. Like, like a summer bear season for us. And then a winter um, no, you know, so your, I mean, your dogs are getting put back in the kennel and in the yard for three months before you're switching gears to coyotes or bobcats or whatever. So they, they well, almost I, get a reset. I guess not, but, but, um, no, cause our, the bear permits were like spring, you know, spring, summer. And then, cause there were timber bear permits. And then our, our cat season started in September. And the problem was, is you try to go catch a cat in September that with dogs that could run a bear and you're going to catch a, a bear. In September. Yeah. So there was, there was other issues that involved. Yeah. Bunch um, of head up. <laughs> yeah. So I just know that I had to, I had to rein in my, for me to be successful, I had to rein it down to something that I could be. I, and I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that that's why I was doing it, but thinking and reflecting, I think I was like, cause I had to be consistent. So I had to narrow my scope so I could be really focused and consistent on cats. And then as I built on that, maybe I could go back. I don't know. I, I don't want to try, but that's what I was going to ask. What do you think about reintroducing at that point? Like, let's say you have a dog that's been game specific its entire life and you can coax it into running another game species. You think that's the green light for him to just go hog wild or they're smart enough to figure out, okay, I'm being allowed to chase this one other thing and you start reintroducing no or start I, introducing I, I don't want to experiment <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, I know you know, we were talking about method or whatever i've kind of solidified my method 
and it works for me and I don't feel like experimenting. Yeah. My opinion on that would be, it's going to vary by from dog to dog. I mean, one dog's probably going to be looking to get an inch so he can take a mile. Whereas, I mean, we've had, we've had dogs that are four or five years old, only been run on bears and just decide, well, we could use a couple extra coyote dogs or whatever this dog, and they won't run it. You know, he just Mm -hmm. broke himself off of them. Just, you know, right. so they conditioned. It, yeah, it's it's gonna vary from from dog to dog. You know, that one dog, like you said, you might give him an inch and he's gonna take a mile. But <laughs> it's pretty obvious out here. My dogs, my dogs can fill the switch and and fill the season switch. Like in the spring, when there's snow on the ground and they're in the box trying to stay warm, they know we're not hunting bears. They just know we're not. They don't come out of the box looking for. They're not. They're not. When I load them up in the box, they're not. Nobody's going to the rig rack. Nobody. Everybody's going in. And then in the spring, when they when I take Josie and I throw her up on that rig rack for the first time, Beretta, Haley, all the other dogs go. Oh, game on. We're going to yeah. bears, right? <laughs> so they that out here the seasons are so different, so so dramatic that yeah, those. I mean, we run bears and lions. That's it's pretty easy for a seasoned dog to go. Yep. It's time to switch. Yeah. And that's goes back to the consistency. I mean, like you said, the dog by us, when we're bear hunting dogs have got their heads hanging out the box, you're going and checking baits. Um, versus when you're winter hunting, you know, they, you probably got the boxes closed up and they, you're just driving around slow looking for tracks. And it's that, that, uh, contextualism, you know, they, they, they know, they know the difference. So you, you, and I was talking about this, another podcast, sometimes I don't know that houndsmen reflect as much as a, as a bird dog trainer or hunter does, but you are consistently doing things differently when you're hunting and, and, you know, so you, you are consistent about how you hunt for bears and you may not realize it. You know what I mean? You may be doing this subconsciously. It's like, this is how we hunt bears. Boom, boom, boom. And the dog starts to feel that. And this is how we're hunting cougars or bobcats. And it's like the dog realizes, you know, little things like that. There's like boxes closed up, which somebody may not even think about. But to a dog, that's that's the a lot of cues. About oh, it. that's a huge signal to a dog. I mean, even in the bird dog world, when we, um, you take a seasoned dog that's hunted chuckers and pheasants. You know, mm-hmm. when we go to South Dakota and the cover's hitting you in the chest and you're hunting cattails that are thicker than thick. Those dogs shrink their patterns way down. They're starting to hunt nice and tight. If I start hunting chuckers, they know if they don't do a four or five hundred yard pattern, we're not going to find Jack. So, you know, a seasoned dog that's been put in that situation time and time and time and time again, when I drop the tailgate and he's like, "Oh yeah, we're hunting cattails today, or we're hunting this slew today," a, a five year old dog will slow way down and start hunting pheasants different than he's going to hunt quail or chucker. It's pretty awesome to watch actually it's very it's it's at times you're like i don't want to start another puppy because this six-year-old's killing it like <laughs> he knows how to do it all i don't have to say anything i can oh, enjoy it i can enjoy yeah. it there's times that i say that but i get a thrill out of starting dogs and my passion is all about training so anyway it's yeah it's it's fun to see a bird dog get it you know his first season hunting pheasants in south dakota he's a complete idiot he just doesn't know what he's doing but by season three or four man he's got it he's got it dialed in and he knows we just don't have that cover out here so 
it takes a minute for that dog to transition on a pheasant or a pheasant cover and habitat and all that. Yeah. You should run a run a puppy in this country on rough grouse. I call it yeah. bowling for grouse, man. They're just running around bad shit crazy, and you, all you hear you hear grouse flushes, but you never right. see them because they're just they're just running. That's a well, like life. you said, kind of those bear dogs switching over to cats. Like that's what we always ran into. Is you're used to running a bear, you're conditioned, you're running head up, balls right. out, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, hit the brakes, yeah, slower down, drop your nose. Those yep. first three cat races of the year are, are pretty bad, man. They are horrible because <laughs> everybody's trying to run it like a bear, and it's like, come on, guys, <laughs> stop. That's, that's where I was down. going with that. I was like, that's my experiences. Is, uh, oh yeah, it takes about three lines for my dogs to go. Okay, <laughs> we're this, not this, doing that anymore. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, you gotta. There's a lot of pain. I, I can imagine on the cat race in the beginning that that a bear hunter has to, when you're doing those transitions, it takes some time for those dogs to gear differently. Yeah. So, um, trash breaking consistency. What, what's, um, what's everybody thought on that as far as, you know, you, I mean, you gotta essentially be consistent and sometimes that doesn't mean, um, at least for me, it doesn't mean that I'm shocking a dog every time it, I, it smells trash. You know what I mean? Like I do other things. Like, you know, I, I think I've mentioned it. I, my older dogs and me kind of just pass a lot of deer and, and ignore it. And if the, the pup starts cranking up on it, I try to get around them and leave it, and, you know, and, and do a negative drive that way. But, I mean, what's what's your guys' thoughts on, on being consistent with, with trash? Man, my opinion on it is it, it, it kind of depends on the dog. As we were talking earlier, you got that really high, strong dog that, just wants to go you can probably be a little bit harder on that dog um and nip that that want to chase off game in the butt a little bit early, earlier than you would be on on a dog that's maybe a little bit more hesitant to run with the rest of them um you know it yeah like i said i just i just try to read the dog i mean i never encourage it obviously um, hopefully I've done enough yard work with the dog that it knows what no means. Um, so even if it doesn't necessarily want to chase that deer, um, I could, you know, walk it up to where that deer had been and let it get a nose full and just kind of tell him no. So it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a real harsh correction, but hopefully something that'll plant a seed in its seed in its brain to, to stay away. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot as far as, uh, a lot of walks that will go on like early spring or even in the summer. It's like, we're just taking the dogs for a walk, bird dogs included. And it's like, oh, there's a snake, you know, and you have a command that means, Hey, don't touch that, leave that, whatever it is for us. It's, it's a no or an ats command, but you can, it doesn't have to be like, uh, consistency in in trash breaking doesn't always have to be harsh it can be just a simple walk and you given a verbal you're not even touching the collar it's just a verbal going hey no we're not doing that you're not picking up the bone no that dead deer over there leave it alone you know stay out of the poison oak get over here whatever it is so a simple walk man and you can get a lot of a lot of training scenarios thrown 30 minute walk and you can correct that dog or or mold that mold that dog to where he's going okay we're not doing that we're not into that yeah no exactly jason 
You're sleeping? No, I'm not sleeping. I'm soaking it in. I kind of think that that's where, you know, braking and conditioning are very similar depending on your approach. Like I said, you know, I've got dogs I've never shocked off of off game. But when I saw them presented the opportunity and you watch the body language and you give them a, hey, move on, and they move on, to me, that does a hundred times more than me hitting a red button without saying a word to them. You know, if I hit the button and they're confused and they don't know, like, I don't want them to be fearful of that animal at all. I just, I want them to be conditioned to knowing what we're chasing. But again, I switched to running pretty much a single game species where before I ran everything like Buddy and it was a lot harder. It's definitely gotten a lot easier when you narrow it down and can be more consistent than, hey, today it's fox, tomorrow it's a bear, you know, the next day it's going to be a coon. It was, it was really frustrating. And honestly, that was probably the most discouraging part when I was starting off. Yeah. Do you think I those think... Do-, do you think the dogs, when you narrowed it down to one species, do you think the dogs learned how to run that particular game and that's why the effectiveness went up? Uh, partially, but I mean, even like bobcats, you ask anybody, I am not a cat hunter. Never have been. I enjoy it in certain instances. I hate driving around all day looking for a snow track and like my dogs look like crap in snow, but you come across one on the dirt and it's rip roaring, boom, done, you know, completely different. And a, a bobcat runs a lot different than a fox. Um, so I don't, that's, I don't that's really what I'm know. saying is the dogs got really efficient really proficient at hey the mm-hmm. way a fox runs i bet we can cut him off right here or we can make this you know i know track uh, style yeah i think the dogs start it definitely I, from a training standpoint it's like the way i get my dog to be a a finished dog is not start at the finish i start at the beginning and i add these steps and these levels of difficulty and mm-hmm. and if i do it gradually and slowly he'll learn quickly and retain it and then he'll be very efficient at it so I'm, yeah, I I'm just curious. I'm just curious if it was like, hey, instead of running everything, we're just going to run bobcats, and all of a sudden the dogs start going, hey, I know how this works. I know how these bobcats mm-hmm. think. I know their routines. Like I know they're going to do this, and then all of a sudden the dogs start winning. And once they win once or twice, they're like, okay, game yep. on, bring it. You know? No, I agree. Like if I went to the snow and I hunted it and I kept hunting it that way, yeah, I do think they'd they'd figure it out. Right different game species or not. If I put them on a fox track in the snow, they're still going to suck. Like, don't get me wrong. It's the condition more so than, than the dog. But yeah, I fully believe they learn how to run and how to feed off of each other and who to trust. And, you know, there's so many factors involved. Yeah. And I think is a, is a higher level on the consistency. I think, I mean, I, I just think, the way you feed, the way you pull them out of your dog box, the way you, mm-hmm. every aspect of your hunt, the more consistent you can be, I think the more cues that the dogs will pull off. You know what I mean? So, so when I call our dogs out of the, the truck, I open the door one at a time. You know what I mean? So that the dogs Structure. just learn that, that they come out one at a time. Or when I feed, I, I feed a certain way. You know what I mean? So that I just try to be consistent in the everyday things that I do with a dog. Um, I don't know why I, it, maybe because I've seen people. Well, that's do how that dogs whatever, learn, but, right? Dogs learn yeah. through repetition and structure and consistency. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why, yeah, that's why you do it. Cause it works. 
Yeah. <laughs> if it didn't, if it didn't work, you would be like, I'm not doing that ever again. That was <laughs> exactly. that, that worked. Sucked, that didn't work. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Let's talk about po- talk about positive consistency because it doesn't have to be negative, right? Yeah. It could be positive, just like you're saying. Feeding time. This is how it's, and and I think you could do that. I think you could talk a little bit about positive consistency. Yeah. Exactly. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Just you know be consistent with with everything you do and the dog's going to learn that i mean and the other thing that that can constant consistency does is it sets the table for you being in charge um you know dominant dogs are never good i mean it's a little bit more of an issue when it comes to bird dogs than than it does hounds um but but in everything the better relationship you have with that dog and that dog looks to you for for that consistency um, I, I think the more successful you're going to be, whether it be hounds or bird dogs, um, if that dog's looking for you for that, the guidance and, and, and to provide that structure, that's, you know, that's a, that's a good trait for a dog to have. Yeah. Kind of like so, having a, a baseline. Well, it's just establishing yourself as the leader or whatever. So what, I'll, um, I'll give you an example. I've yeah. had this, I had a lady here this week who she just basically gave affection to the dog constantly. So when that happens, my wife call you or (laughs) (laughs) sorry. So she, she's starting to see me put all this structure into this dog and she's starting to see when the dog does certain things and I reward him a certain way. And I think it finally started clicking in her mind. And she's like, so when I go home and I'm sitting at home and I'm just loving my dog, how is he going to understand that? And she was finally catching on, right. Is, um, being consistent within the reward system and and how you give your affection or how you give praise that can be consistent in the home. It can be consistent in the field. And when you're consistent that way, the dog starts to learn, Oh, cool. The way I get his attention or his affection is by doing this the right way. And that's, that's what I'm trying to talk about with positive consistency is yeah, um, like if like buddy was talking the other day, you know, hey, let the kids, the kids and the dog were doing something, and Buddy's like, don't praise the dog right now. Right now is not the time to pet him. Like, he did something we don't want. So make sure that you're, man, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a world where people will just, they just love their dog, and we just yeah, love him all love the him time. And the dog doesn't know, he's like, the dog's a jerk, and he still gets love. And so he's like, why, why do I need to be a gentleman if you, you love me every way? Why, why does it matter? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll do what I want yeah. when I want. So, right. One of the things I think about was, um, when I had, so I got this Andy dog. Um, it's, it looks like a little black and tan, but it doesn't have any black and tan in it. It comes from some red dogs or whatever. But, but anyway, she's been a slow goer. And I, I thought, man, I didn't like the dog. She's always looking for attention or affection. You know what I mean? Wanting to be petted. And I'm just not the, the type to pet a dog like that. So I don't really like it. But, anyways, when we come back and, we catch a cat that day or whatever, and she kind of comes up to the, you know, whatever. I make sure that I'm like, I give her affection on those days. And, yeah, because I want her to know that, hey, that's what we do. You know, I mean? we go out there and we, we work on a, it, we work on a cat or whatever it was. It's, it's like, if it was a successful day out there, that's when I give her infection. When, when I feed her, I make sure I pet her. And I'm like, Andy, that was cool today. Da, da, da. And man, she just sucks it up. And, 
my goal, I don't know if it works or not, is, <laughs> is she's like, oh, man, once in a while I get fed and I get petted. But I'm hoping she's like, when we catch one of them things, dad's really cool. I mean, he's like a nice guy. Yeah. She must so, be doing something. He tried to hitch her a ride a couple of times and yeah. said that she was coming around. And uh, She's not She's not going anywhere now, I can th- tell. But, but anyways. I would guess, but, it's, uh, I would guess it's making more more of an impression on her than you realize. Mm-hmm. It might. I mean, she she definitely she don't she don't tell me it, but yeah. But man, she is turning on and and doing and it's taken a while. I mean, it it you know, it's like sometimes you're just like I just really want to pet you, <laughs> really. You know what I mean? Like you got to do something good so I can pet you, you know. <laughs> but um, being consistent on that positive reinforcement, I think is is. I've at least tried to to do that, you know. And 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 my thing is is when I get done catching a cat or whatever i have some treats in my truck or whatever and those are the days that i well, like come grab out the treats and we get back to the dog box because i you know i don't shoot them or whatever but it's like those are the days that that dad breaks out the treats out of the back back of the, yep. the truck or whatever so yeah positive consistency it's easy to go into the negative side i think i think negative is is it, for whatever reason it's easy always to like drive in there but you got to be consistent on the messaging for the positive side too. Yeah, and that that goes for a lot of different things. Like even if the tree, there's just so many things. Think about everything that you do in the course of a hunt, whether it's how you start one, how you run one, or how you get how you act when you get to the tree. If you if you tie back, if you don't, you know, I mean, whatever it is, you just try to be. I think being consistent in whatever you do um, will help agreed no doubt jason i think we wrap this one up you got no i think you cut it off right there that would be a really great place to end it for once i said something right all right man (laughs) 